Hi, I'm Yvonne Pran from Bible 805, where you learn to know, trust, and apply the Bible. And I wanted to share just a few thoughts before we get into the lesson today. I'm going to be doing some different things in the coming months, and the biggest change to the podcast here is that I am also going to be doing a video along with it. I've found that people sometimes really want to have something to look at so that they can share this with a Sunday school class, small group, or whatever. And so I'm going to be doing that. I will be hosting it on YouTube. It will be completely free and the links will be on the Bible 805 website. One other change that I'm going to be making in the coming year is that I'm going to be redoing the lessons on going through your Bible in chronological order. I have modified the schedule that we had in the past. One of the biggest changes is I have you read either a psalm or a proverb each day along with the chronological readings. And I've also changed a number of the books where they aren't broken up as you read them. For example, you don't read Kings and Chronicles together. You read Kings all by themselves. You read Chronicles by themselves. And I did um, a podcast and I have a blog that I will link to where you can see all of the reasons for that. One other that I want to mention, though, that is very important is for the Gospels. Many chronological reading plans have you read the same event in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and if it happens to be in John. I change that where you read all of Matthew at a time, all of Mark, all of Luke, all of John, each as a separate individual book. Now, I did this for several reasons. One, I believe that it broke up really the integrity and the viewpoint of that particular book to break it up like that. Let me give you an example of the book of Matthew. Matthew is a wonderful bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament in that an event will be talked about in Jesus' life and then there, uh, Matthew will cite the Old Testament prophecy that talked about this. Now, what's really important is he does this all the way through the book. But if you just read it in bits and pieces and scattered here and there, you really don't see that. So when you get to the New Testament in this new plan, you will read it all as a whole. So that was one of the things that I did. And again, if you want to learn more about why I did it in that way, the reason that I'm doing this particular lesson, this is a condensation of three much longer ones, but I wanted to do a motivational podcast and video and, uh, you know, all of that kind of thing. And you would actually, if you're using it for a motivational one, start it out in just a little bit after this introduction. But I really wanted to motivate you, your small group, Sunday school class, church, whoever and whatever I can get this to, to read through your Bible in chronological order in the coming year. I truly believe it will have an absolutely huge impact on your Christian life. That's what I do every single year, read through the Bible cover to cover in chronological order, and it has made the Bible the foundation and North Star of my life. Our world today, I don't need to tell you, it's really crazy, and there are so many different wild things going on and scary things going on, we must get back to God's word as the solid rock, the solid foundation for our life. And when you read through the Bible in this way, I promise you, you will end the year 
in a much more stable and secure and joyful place, having taken in God's Word in this way. So to help you do that, I'm doing this podcast and video, but I've also put together an ebook for you, uh, Not Safe But Good, on why you should read your Bible in chronological order and how to do it. Now this ebook is completely free. You have my permission to uh, download it, make as many copies as you want, pass it on to people. Now, not only do I have the ebook with the reasons and how to's and all of that, but I also have in it schedules, both dated ones and undated ones, and I have free pages that you can print off to journal your readings. So, all of this is my gift to you. The links will be in the show notes and on the www. Bible 805 podcast. So without any further ado, I'm going to pause a few seconds. So if you want to get rid of this part and only show the next part starting in with the lesson, you can do that. Our lesson for today is how to fit the Bible into a busy life and how to get the most out of it. I'm Yvonne Pran with Bible 805. Every Christian feels like they ought to make the Bible part of their lives, but it's a big and often confusing book. In an attempt to be obedient, many start each year with the best of intentions to read the whole thing. They begin in Genesis, but by the time they get to Leviticus, if not before, they bail out. Still feeling guilty, they jump around the Bible, reading familiar passages like the Psalms or the Gospels. Or they give up on the Bible itself and read a devotional that briefly mentions Bible verses. Somehow, these options don't satisfy. I want to help you change all that. I'm going to share a system that will help you get into the Bible daily. And it's one that will help you get through the entire Bible. I'll be going into detail on why and how in this presentation. But first, you don't even have to read the Bible to do it. Now, what do I mean by that? You can listen to it. Of course, you can read it if you want to. But if you feel you can't spare the time to sit down and actually read it, you can also take in the content of the Bible by listening while commuting, working out, cooking, whatever. There is no greater benefit in reading over listening, spiritually or in any other way. In fact, and this is so important, listening is how most believers throughout history have taken in God's word. In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 31, God says to Moses and to the priests who were to follow him, You shall read this law before them in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, children, and the foreigners residing in your towns, so they can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and follow carefully all the words of this law. Later, Joshua read it to the people, as did Josiah, Ezra, others. Throughout the entire Old Testament, you read about them reading it to the people. Obviously, this is how it took place. Not everybody had a little scroll in their tent. Um, and in addition to that, not very many people knew how to read. So listening was the way almost all believers in the Old Testament took in the content of God's Word. In the New Testament, wasn't any different. Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and teaching. 
Paul mentions in his other letters that they were to read the letters written to other churches as well as share the letter written to them. Of course, as with the Old Testament, not everybody had a scroll in their homes that they would pull out to read in their morning quiet time, nor did they have copies, personal copies, of the letters that Paul wrote to the churches. Throughout almost all of human history, except for the very recent time, and it's not even like this in much of the world today, few people have personal copies of any book let alone their scriptures. And the majority of humanity has always been illiterate. They learn the content of God's word by listening to it and memorizing what they heard. Now we can do the same thing today. Years ago, I'm sure some of you remember this, the Bible came out on CDs and many of us just love those. Today though, we have the Bible on our phones and our desktop computers in digital formats that are easy for us to listen to at any time. I love listening to Psalms when I'm working out on the exercise bike. I ride an exercise bike every day and I love to listen to different passages that way. The U version is the one that I use. It's available at www.bible.com or all of the app stores have it. You can even have Alexa read the Bible to you if you want to using this Bible app. You can also listen to it in various versions. I particularly enjoy listening, this is my personal preference, in, in the message version because it's so practical and realistic. Sometimes if, uh, you know, I'm listening to something in the King James, it's kind of easy to not really try to do what it says because that doesn't sound like it really applies to me. But boy, the message just smacks you right in the face and um, I find it very, very challenging. The bottom line is if you don't like to read, listen to the Bible. It's a great way to get the Bible content into your life and that's what matters. Now, read or listen, where do you start? What's the best way to go through the Bible? I would propose that reading your Bible in the coming year in chronological, historical order, read it in the way that things actually happened. As it's done for many people, reading it in this way, you will have an absolutely extraordinary effect on your understanding of the Bible and on your life. Don't worry about figuring it out. I'll share a free resource at the end that you can just, you know, print out and it has not only the schedules but journal pages and everything you need to do this. But first, I'd like to talk about why people don't read the Bible this way and why it's important to do it. We think the Bible is somehow different than any other book and how we should read it. Now think about this for a minute. We wouldn't read any other book we cared about the way we read the Bible, which is read this little passage here, read that one there, jump in here, jump in there. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't jump around from passage to passage and say, oh, well, I've read that book. (laughs) Now to illustrate what I mean by this, let me just use two examples. There are so many. From the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, many people have read this particular book. And if you pulled out just the one, one of the sayings in one of the seven habits is sharpen the saw. That's a key teaching of the book. Well, if you didn't read the book as a whole and know it was on how to manage yourself, your life, your work, etc., you might think it was a book about carpentry. Now we say, well, that's really dumb. But seriously, if you just pulled that statement out, sharpen the saw, 
what else are you going to think? What about if you started watching The Wizard of Oz in the middle of the movie and you saw a young woman, a lion, a scarecrow, and a tin man marching down a yellow brick road? What in the world would you think was going on? Now, you see, both of the above examples are nothing more than a confusing collection of characters and isolated sayings if you don't read the entire book or watch the entire movie. But they all make perfectly good sense if you read the entire book or watch the movie from start to finish and meet each saying and character in context. It's no different with the Bible. For someone who did not grow up listening to Bible stories, or perhaps grew up in church one's paying much attention, how much sense does it make when you hear about Shem, or Jeroboam, or Barnabas, or when they start talking about the atonement, or sanctification, or justification? Those things make about as much sense as a lion walking down a yellow brick road, which is to say, they don't make any sense at all. We must Read the Bible in the order things happen for the history and the doctrines to make sense. Now, if this is so important, why aren't our Bibles in this order? Well, the short answer is because it's always been done that way. You see, the Old Testament Hebrew Bible was arranged with history, prophets, and writing. It was in that order. Then, in the New Testament, we have the history, the letters, and prophecy. When Jerome, he was a Catholic priest who lived in the 400s, when he translated the Bible from Greek and Hebrew into what became known as the Latin Vulgate, that's the pattern he followed, and that's been the pattern of our Bibles today. Now, Vulgate, when we hear that, oh, the Latin Vulgate, it sounds like some fancy scholarly translation, but it wasn't. Um, Vulgate in Latin, it meant the vulgar, or the common language of the people, and it was the main one that was used for hundreds of years, so when the Bible was translated into English and other books, that's the order that it was in. Now, here's Here's where it gets tricky or where the hinge turns or whatever. This didn't used to be a problem because in the past, people knew the history and the context of the Bible and could put the people, the doctrines, and the messages from the prophets in their proper places. But it's not like that anymore because you see today we live in a post-Christian world and in many ways what I would call a post-Bible world. It's far different than it was in the past. Now, I'm an old lady, but even when I was growing up, I can still remember, we would say a blessing before we would go eat lunch in the little cafeteria in one of the little country schools that I attended. The Bible was part of the curriculum. People knew about the Bible. In the world of the Old Testament, the New Testament, and much of recorded history, in the Western world, including Europe and the Americas, the Bible and its content. That was the basis of culture and education. It was the reference point of art and music. You see all of these old masters paintings, they all have Bible subjects. Every religious or educated person, or even if you were only minimally educated, you knew the history, you knew the timelines, you knew the main characters that were in the scriptures. When people read or heard read to them a psalm that included the line, the psalm of David, when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, they knew the story he was referring to. 
when they saw a painting titled Lydia of Thyatira. And for those of you that are watching the video, I have a copy of the painting, Lydia of Thyatira. They knew, you knew exactly what it's about. When people heard the Messiah sung, they would know where the passages could be found in the Bible. The extraordinary chorus there, I know that my Redeemer lives. That comes from the book of Job. People knew that. It's not like that today. People have no idea of the history underlying the context or the historical order of the people and events in the Bible, and so, again, they don't make any more sense than completely out of context, a lion walking down a yellow brick road. Now, here are some other things that happen if you don't know the history. Now, imagine this. Imagine two or three thousand years from now, from today, and someone is going to read about the time that we are now living in. Now, that is the same amount of time that the events in the Old Testament and the New Testament took place. Now, imagine a history of the 2021st century arranged like this. In the first part of the book, you'd have just a retelling of the major events. They, you would hear about the Great Depression, World War II, the Civil Rights Movement. But, you know, it would just be the history there. Then, in the next part, you'd have poetry from that time and philosophy and romance stories, all of those in the next section. And then finally, at the end of the book, completely separated from the history part, the poetry part, you'd have famous speeches. But they wouldn't necessarily be in order. They, some of them might come earlier, some of them might come later. They'd all kind of be jumbled up. But a whole bunch of speeches over a, you know, several hundred year period of time, they would all be there at the end. There'd be a speech by Churchill after Dunkirk talking about fighting everywhere on the streets and the hills and the whatever, but you wouldn't even know really exactly what he was talking about. There would be a speech by somebody called FDR on only fearing fear itself. And finally, there would be one from a preacher named Martin Luther King about a dream he had. Now, how well would you know or understand our world today if, again, two to three thousand years from now, you read a book that was organized in that way. How much sense would the speeches make if you couldn't match them with the history that produced them? If they were completely removed from it and there was no indication of when that was spoken. That's what happens when most people read the Bible today. It's no wonder no one pays attention to the power and the purpose of particularly the Old Testament prophets, which, by the way, are one of the most contemporary, applicable passages in the scriptures today, and people just don't see it because they don't read it in context. They don't understand the setting of it. When their words are divorced from the current events that prompted them, it's just it, it's like when you read any speech or prophecy in context and you understand the current history it'll become alive to you in the same way you must when you hear Martin Luther King's speech if you understand where he gave it he was on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial before a quarter of a million people you must understand what it was like to be a black person at that time to be living 
in this in the start of the civil rights movement all of the things that went before it everything that was going on what he had participated in and done and what was happening that day and then and only then will his words have meaning when he stands up and says i have a dream but you see without the history it has no power and the power and importance of the messages of the Old Testament prophets of Isaiah, of Amos, of Hosea, they're lost when we read them out of context today. There are additional serious implications of not knowing the historical setting of the biblical content. It's much more than not just knowing when a particular character lived or what they did when, or even as important as it is, appreciating the power of the context for their powerful speeches. For many people, not knowing, and now listen to me carefully, this is super important, not knowing the historical context removes the content of the Bible away from historical tangible truth from real events being the basis for what the Bible teaches and kind of turns the Bible into a category of sayings on what feels good to me, what answers my needs. The commands and challenges in the Bible become not much more than fortune cookie advice. They might be tasty at times, but they're easy to ignore if we don't like what it says. I don't think any of us intend for this to happen, but we can't help it if the Bible is primarily a book of optional advice to us and not the written revelation of God given at specific times in history. Reading the Bible in chronological order will help us understand the messages of the Bible in the way God wants us to. But again, it's a really big project. So let me share some additional reasons why reading your Bible in chronological order will benefit you. Reason number one, reading the Bible in chronological order, we see how God is truly the author of the entire Bible. The Bible was written over 1,600 years by 40 different authors, and yet it has one mind and one voice behind all the voices and one clear theme of God seeking, saving, and restoring his lost people. Obviously, the writers over this span of time and geography could not have conspired together to tell the same story with all the parts fitting together the way they do in the Bible on their own. Divine intervention was essential for this unity of message that the Bible has. But you won't hear the one voice if you don't read the whole book, and you'll hear it most clearly when you read it in the historical order the events and messages happened. Reason number two, reading the Bible in chronological order, we understand the whole story of salvation as it unfolds. Many of us, even though we're Christians, even though we trust Jesus, we only have little bits and pieces of the salvation story. But when you read the Bible in chronological, historical order, you'll see, and this is so neat, how the Old Testament builds towards the fulfillment in the New Testament of the birth of Jesus, his death, his resurrection, and his promised return. When you understand when prophecy was given and then fulfilled by Jesus, you won't make the mistake of current critics who assume he was just a good man who tragically died. 
The salvation story was written by God, and it takes the entire Bible to tell all of it. 3. Reading the Bible in chronological historical order makes sense of the prophet's messages. For example, the prophet Jonah. Everybody knows the story of him swallowed by the big fish, but the context. He was a very popular preacher in Israel during the time of King Jeroboam II. He prophesied his country would be victorious in war, and they were. At the same time, Assyria, Nineveh was its capital, was rising in power, and they were a viciously strong power. They would go in, conquer a place, and they did um, all these carvings on walls that we can see today where you see exactly what they were like. They would impale people. They would skin them alive. They would take huge numbers of captives. They would have piles of skulls, all this kind of stuff. I mean, they were really nasty people, and they were on the north. They were north of Israel, and everybody knew they were sort of itching for a fight. It was in the middle of all this that God called Jonah to leave his comfortable, popular position and go and preach to a potential enemy, who not very many years from then, actually it was less than 50 years in the future, they would conquer and completely destroy the nation of Israel. No wonder he ran the other way. But what this also tells us, in addition to the incredible grace of God and his mercy and about God's plans for us and his intervention, I mean, so many great stories from this. But around 50 years later, when Assyria conquered Israel and took the people captive, there are most likely still believers among the conquerors. And when we get to heaven, there's going to be some great stories on this. But you see, if again, if you don't understand the history of Jonah and what really happened, you'll miss all of these wonderful things. Number four, reading the Bible in chronological order, you won't be afraid of what I call the gotcha questions about the Bible and your Christian faith. I think a lot of Christians are afraid to share their faith because they are afraid of what I call the gotcha questions. Sometimes very valid questions about what's in the Bible, but that are easily answered if you've just read the whole thing and you you understand it. In addition to questions from friends we can't explain, many Christians also themselves have real questions about the Bible that they're afraid to express. We all have what I call the dark nights of the soul. Well, actually, it's not my term, but these dark nights of the soul that can be terrifying when we doubt the truth of God's word. And quite honestly, sometimes when I've hit them, I've, I've had to sort of stop myself and say, no, now, now I, I know this. I know this happened at this time in history, and this happened, and God was faithful in these ways. So based on what he did in the past, I can trust him now. Many of these questions are answered, many fears calmed by simply reading the whole book in chronological historical order. There's a lot of incorrect information floating around in the secular media that, again, just this simple study will solve. I realize that what I've just said is kind of a trust-me statement, but I've seen this as a result from many who've taken my classes on going through the Bible in this way. And, as I said, it's also meant a lot to me personally to calm my doubts and fears. The result of reading the whole Bible in chronological order, as J.I. Packer puts it, is the scriptures become the lifeline God throws us in order to ensure he 
and we stay connected while the rescue is in process. He is working out a rescue of planet Earth. And though it may not seem like it at times, God's Word gives us assurance of that reality. Without this lifeline, we can drown in the lies of culture and media and the confusion and the pressures of life. But when we grab onto the Bible, when we learn and live by the truth in it, we can safely get through all the challenges and trials, joys and sorrows of this life and forever. So grab and hold on to your Bible. And the best way to do it is to go through it in chronological order. Reading or listening to it, I have free plans for you. Plus, the book, the podcast, notes, and more at www.bible805.com. Please go there for information on how I put this plan together. It's, again, slightly different than other chronological plans. The book, all of the different things are there for you. And I promise, if you go through the Bible in chronological order, reading or listening, you'll find it the most important, satisfying, significant, and spiritually life-changing thing you can do. And one final historical note. I just had to throw this in there. St. Augustine, who is one of my favorite uh, characters in all of church history, he was very successful. If not, he was also kind of wild and profligate young man. Um, young professional, you might say, in the, de- in the very chaotic, declining days of the Roman Empire. In his confessions, he relates the turning point in his life came when after he was totally disgusted with his life, he throws himself before God and just begs for his help. And he says in the midst of that, he heard children with sort of this sing-song way saying, tole lege, tole lege, take up and read, take up and read. He knew that meant take up and read the Bible. He took it up, he read it, and his changed life changed the history of the Christian church. He believed the message came from God, and I believe God still calls us today in whatever busy, challenging situation we, be, we may be in, and he says to us, tole lege, tole lege, take up and read your Bible and see what God can do in your life. Again, go to www.bible805.com for the free ebook, schedules, podcasts, and commentary. And that's all for now. I'm Yvonne Pran, your fellow pilgrim, writer, and teacher for Jesus. I'd like to close with this benediction. May you know the invitation of God to move from confusion to clarity, from wandering to rest, from loneliness to knowing you are loved, from turmoil to peace from wherever you are on your spiritual journey to a growing knowledge of God's Word and in your personal relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.